What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In These Quarantines. I am your friendly neighborhood host, the Joganuts, and let's jump right in. Wow, uh, how's your busy week? I traveled for, for a bit of time. I also attended Comic Con Lagos actually over the weekend, which was actually quite fun. It was nice to see a lot of prospects, um, a lot of Nigerian creatives, and a lot of great prospects. I'm thinking of probably, I don't know if I can, I'm going to do a video, like a recording on that exclusively. But it was really cool. I saw some uh, animated footages. It really, was really cool. There was this Ajak, Ajadi, um, Rome, born in Rome. I can't remember the title very well but it's done by spoof animation and it actually looks pretty good like it looked like a lesser version of invincible and that's i feel like that's high praise considering like how grueling animation can be came across a lot of guys a guy did an animation for a kind of disney inspired animation for a music video which was really beautiful and a, a young boy of 15 had this incredible doctor strange cosplay and he actually won the comic con competition which i thought which i thought was incredible yeah it was fantastic I was really impressed by it to be honest. Uh, I'm looking for the next one. But yeah, that's not today's topic. So um I just kinda just wanna do a quick um so today's gonna be like a double feature of the what if episodes. I was I watched the late um episode six of what if relatively late. Um and even closer to the episode seven that came out yesterday. So I'm gonna do like a combined review of both episodes and then I'm also gonna talk on one more topic that I thought piqued my interest relating to Dean. So we had the episode six of What If, which was um, What If Killmonger saved Tony Stark, and the episode, the episode was intriguing. Um, I liked the, I liked the whole kind of idea of it, generally speaking, of with Killmonger kind of getting, you know, asserting his dominance way early in the MCU than he did in, in Black Panther. He saved Tony Stark from a missile. That would have killed that would have um, um kind of dropped the sharpener in his chest that have led him to the cave so basically the events of iron man one never happened and tony stark never became iron man which means he never learned his lesson and still became this kind of vain, vain this vainglorious um eccentric playboy you know as still reveling his debauchery and whatnot then we see that you know killmonger basically enacts his plan of world domination way much earlier and we also see that this killmonger is isn't as um let's say sympathetic or empathetic as he was in the black panther he's more you know sociopathic and power driven it's more about total domination even though you know he still holds the kind of um sentiments about you know his brothers that suffered been abandoned by wakanda and suffering um kind of the racism and stuff you grew up in or or, or faced in america but unlike black panther where you, he really was fighting for liberation of his people he in this one he just fighting for world domination um so the only thing i would say it was an interesting change of pace ch- change of view actually seeing him infiltrate tony stark kind of take out the competition take out obadiah stain secure more vibranium for for like the iron like drones what have you manipulating the us and bo wakanda to, into an all-out war killing tony star killing <laughs> t'challa i mean this dude was just over the place but the only thing is i wish this episode i felt should have would have been would have served better if it was longer because obviously any mcu person watching what seems familiar with the basic stories but i still feel like it was a bit rushed because the 30 minutes mark so things were just happening so fast right from his kind of he was basically playing the power pattern 
of the MCU in this watch it episode. Him switching, playing both sides, playing Wakanda, playing by killing Ulysses to get their favor, and also playing the US by killing Tony Stark with a Dorad Milaje spear to kind of frame them. So that was all I have to say. It wasn't a great episode for me. I didn't love it. Uh, I thought it was, uh, it was still better than the first episode with Captain Carter, which I still think is, my, is the weakest in my opinion. Um, I think I, I may have preferred to the Zombies episode. Because as much as, as fun as the Zombies episode was, uh, it was just the tone was over the place because I think they didn't know the fine line to walk between either being Zombieland or The Walking Dead. Um, I thought the tone was a bit over the place for that episode. Doctor Strange episode is my favorite, closely followed by with the Avengers assassination episode that was orchestrated by Hank Pym. Uh, so yeah, I, I I thought it was a decent episode. Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it either. I, but it wasn't it wasn't memorable actually. That, that that's I think that's the biggest part I would say. It wasn't memorable. It doesn't have stuck to me like I did with Doctor Strange episode or the Avengers episode. I'm just like, <gasps> you know, I'm gasping. Or even the T'Challa Star Lord episode left me a bit at least impressed and um, shocked yeah so that was it then we had the party tour episode that came out yesterday it's episode 7 now it's funny because (laughs) when I saw this episode I didn't know what to I I was a bit confused on the tone it was the tone was vastly different from anything else we've seen so far and it took on a more Nickelodeon-esque type of episode you know the typical uh, it had his home alone feel to it as well and funny enough i kind of vibed to it towards the end i gravitated to it slowly because i was the, the beginning was i thought it was also going to most of the episodes have been really dark and serious so i thought okay it's going to be serious again and then i think it made more sense to have this kind of tone so we basically have a thought that i never grew up with an adopted brother as loki to kind of shape his personality and you know he's this kind of chauvinistic and hedonistic character that is just all about the you know reveling in the in the debauchery of life and not, not caring the repercussions of it all and his mom trying to keep a watchful eye on him and i love the whole you know they come to earth and you think they want to invade earth but no they throw earth, they throw this massive huge party on earth and they captain marvel is kind of called in by shield because obviously the avengers will never get formed or does this like avengers gets formed in this universe anyway um so yeah we have him throwing this huge party and it seems like it is kind of nonchalance that is destroying the world and they cut marvel steps in to try and put him in his place and they have this amazing i think it's the best fight we've had in the what if series it was really really good good scene i loved it um captain Mar- captain marvel vs star which is a, is a lot of debates on who was actually top who but i love the fight actually they were literally fighting around the world like punching each other all the way from england from the uk into pff, no i think the fight started where um in australia i believe and then they got punched all the way <laughs> to the uk and all the way to america it's just ridiculous and like you literally see them fighting against international deadline like his night here and his daytime somewhere else and they land in in the, in the grand canyon in the u.s and i just thought it was such a phenomenal um scene you know uh, I, I liked it a lot actually i liked it a lot more than i thought uh still not a great episode but really way more fun i preferred it to the killmonger episode and i just love the whole jane going to call his mom to interfere and then him having to fix his mistakes oh my goodness it felt like a classic um disney disney plus or disney xd show that i've seen 
or you know i i kind of like i like i like the change in tone seeing loki come as the first giant because you know he never gets adopted and the whole shenanigans you get a lot of cameos side cameo which i liked just like side cameo you see rocket passed out in a sink you see Korg dancing um you see the grandmaster playing being a dj it was just um a really cool fun thing side notes actually i i did enjoy it more than i thought and i'm hoping to see what, what's going to come up with the next episode before we get the finale uh, of course the, the episode kind of ends on a cliffhanger with ultron infinite i guess ultron has been infused with infinity stone showing up yeah so yeah I, I liked it i preferred it to the Killmonger episode and I, i'm looking forward to it um the what if episode has been kind of hit and miss generally speaking more of hits than miss actually because their their weakest episodes have not been i've not hated them but i've been overwhelmed by them now i've covered the what if um, um talk now i want to talk on something um, that came up um recently and it's an interesting point of view because this has to do with the world of movies and filmmaking but it also has to do with the world of opinions so first things first uh, i think i've said it before that dune is my most anticipated movie of this year so far i'm super excited it has one of my favorite directors working right now in Denis Villeneuve and then the cast is incredible with Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, George Brolin, Jesus, Javier Bardem, you have um, Stellan Skarsgård, oh dude the cast is incredible and I'm looking forward to it. Now um, first of all I've already said that I, I do believe that no matter how well the movie does critically or no matter how well the audience loves it, it's probably going to fail financially because of the fact that Warner Brothers wants to release it the same day on HBO Max as they will in the cinema, which obviously was part of the factors that affected the Suicide Squad. That's, that aside, um, there, I feel like there's a little bit of, of, of maybe grace for it because the movie seems to have been released internationally in Europe and I believe Asia, which is a good thing because HBO Max is not, on those, in, it's not in those countries or those regions. So that means the movie can get the full cinema effect and hopefully make, up, make a, lot of, a lot of money like enough money before the official release in in the us so this is hope, hoping it makes enough money before it debuts in the us to probably at least break even and make a profit that would that would warrant a sequel because i'm pretty sure that if the movie flops heavily like like the suicide squad did a sequel would definitely be cancelled even though obviously dennis Villeneuve has showed interest or expressed interest in doing a second movie and the movie and i think the book was split into two some movies which would be kind of tragic yeah so i'm really hoping it does really well internationally i've heard some early reviews that have been really positive which is good i'm really hoping for i'm looking forward to it. i'm thinking of reading the books again reading the book again before i don't know if i'm gonna have time but i hope to do uh yeah i'm really looking forward to dune and i really really hope it delivers that being said we had the reports of um personally this is something that i'm not really a fan of um i've said it myself i don't really care uh, i i don't separate the artist from the art so i don't care what an art what an actor or director says in their spare time i really i don't really care about it as long as it doesn't affect their capability to be an artist or to be a filmmaker so Dennis Villeneuve was asked an interview about Marvel movies and of course he made his own two cents about how they are copy and paste and they turn people to zombies and look this narrative uh, is kind of tiring to me because movies are subjective okay um, not everything works for everybody you could love a movie for a particular reason you could hate it for a particular reason you could hate a popular movie you could love a uh, critically panned movie you know Man of Steel is my favorite DC movie of all time but it's a mixed bag when you look at it critically 
you know a lot of people um loved extraction on netflix i hated that movie i did hate it i enjoyed the action and the choreography but the story was weak the characters were nothing to write them about it wasn't memorable in any sense to me so movies are subjective now i wouldn't come out and say anyone that watched extraction is an idiot or is a, is a mindless zombie i wouldn't say that you know they enjoyed it for what it was but uh you know when scorsese came out about the whole um marvel movies are not cinema and they're more with him right i didn't have much issues with that because w- with the way he framed the st- statement i could kind of agree marvel movies are blockbuster movies they're meant to be shown in the cinemas for fun at the, you know to get people talking for the spectacle it's loud it's, it's bold it's not meant to win oscars even if it's going to win an oscar or an academy award it's probably most likely going to be in the technical aspect and the fact that black Panther ever got nominated for a best picture is even incredible on his own merit but yeah I don't go to see a Marvel movie because of the philosophical depth. I want to see Hulk, Pommel, and Enemy to the ground. I want to see a potential fight between Hulk, um, Thor, and maybe Captain Marvel. I want to see the greatest, a, a big expectant like I go with Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was a fun movie, but I'm not going to definitely see it as an Oscar contender. Yeah, so um, I feel like it's kind of petty. I love Denis Villeneuve, don't get me wrong, as a director. But like I said, I don't care for his personal life. Whatever he does is up to him. But I think it's a kind of petty, especially with, with Dune on, on the horizon. It seems like a cheap way of getting publicity. Now, he's obviously entitled to his opinion, but I'm also entitled to, to disagree with his opinion. And I don't like when people try to belittle, when the filmmakers try to belittle the works of other filmmakers. I think it's petty. I think it's something reserved to all these YouTube pundits and what, what have you. Now, I feel like there was a better way of him saying, framing his thoughts without actually being insultive. Matisco says it wasn't very insultive, even though I still don't agree with his own opinion but i don't think it was as insultive by making his own point about marvel movies being more of roller coasters and not being cinema per se but calling them um copy and paste is very very misleading because black panther is nothing like doctor strange guardians of the galaxy is nothing like civil war captain america winter soldier is nothing like iron man one it, look these movies are i mean then we have wonder vision which is just a different thing on its own yes there there's a formula to them you know they, they mixed they have a lot of action and humor but you can't say that copy and paste and that's a very that's a very um misleading thing i think i'm thinking to say and i strongly disagree with it but that being said i absolutely give up to dune like i said this doesn't really affect how i feel um view dune because it's a movie that he directed that has his own art style in it whatever he says in his spare time is none of my business but what do you guys think about his comments do you think marvel movies are just copy and paste do you think they turn people to mindless zombies do you think um, they, they should be enjoyed for what they are and not be compared to every single other type of movie sorry let me know in the comment section below and before i round up um early reviews of venom 2 have come out and they've been really really positive which actually makes me happy because when people first when it was first announced that was, was going to pg-13 people were complaining which i didn't see any point in i don't think an r-ratedness makes a movie necessarily better if it doesn't serve the purpose deadpool's r-rated works for it logan was r-rated and it works for it to tell its kind of story yeah and then um then also when it came out that the movie was 90 minutes a lot of people complained that it was too short also i don't think it matters the length of a movie does not determine how great the movie will be endgame was three hours but it, it needed to be three hours to flesh out and wrap up a lot of of, of storylines and it works for it exactly There's some movies are way shorter that also work upgrade which was one of my <laughs> which was one of the surprises one of my favorite surprises of all time was a short relatively short movie but it worked it was a really good fun movie 
for awards. So I'm actually looking forward to Venom 2 a lot more. Do you need to see my most anticipated movie for this month of October? I think I'm also going to do a kind of breakdown of the biggest movies dropping in October because October seems to be the first time I kind of actually have blockbuster movies way back in the cinema, like as like like a pre-pandemic situation. So yeah, that's all I have to say. Let me know what your thoughts or what your thoughts are. And as always, guys, stay safe and stay tuned. <laughs>